the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Another week, another dot, dot, dot. I put that out to you guys today on the socials. I do that occasionally because as we're starting another week, you know, you're coming off a weekend in which you've had a chance to chill and relax. Of course, I had a spectacular weekend this weekend. I'll share a little bit with you guys on that in a momento. Another week for me means another time in which I get to another week of getting to hang out with you guys. The best people out there, the smartest people in the universe. Absolutely. The kindest people, most conservative people and true friends and family of mine. No matter how you're listening to the Andrea K. Show right Write this number down, 888-344-1170, 888-344-1170. So many answers today on the socials about another, what it, how to finish the sentence, another week, another, hmm, another Biden gaffe. <laughs> there was a biggie. Biden's excellent adventure to Puerto Rico. What did he have to say today? Another week, another home run out the park by Governor DeSantis today, and not just in his work as governor, and in this case, response to the hurricane, but also his handling of the media. Uh, another week, another crazy amount of economic uncertainty and economic bad news. Got that to share with you guys tonight. And of course, another week, another week closer to the midterm elections. Um, another, not another week, but I will tell you guys, and when it comes to upcoming elections, we've got our buddy Brian Maloney from Red Wave America is going to be here who gives the best insight. Brian has not just been in media for decades but and in radio, but also um, behind enemy lines, running campaigns, being in Side of campaigns and absolutely has the best insight and analysis of anybody when it, and he's a straight shooter he doesn't advocate for any individual he advocates for ideas and for this country like myself so stay tuned for brian maloney he'll be here after the first break and then later on in the show next hour it's not another week but it's another first monday in october and that brings us to scotus is back in session if you will and some shocking news came out of the supreme court today and tom debacaro will be here to share with you everything you know about that. If you want to finish the sentence, I would love to hear from you. What does it mean to you? Another week, another dot, 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 888-344-1170. Before I go any further, I got to bring in this man, my usual podna in crime, DJ Car- uh, Potato Skins. I started to say Carrot Sticks because I spent some time with him yesterday afternoon, but my he's my former podna in crime. My regular podna is DJ Potato Skins. He's out on his honeymoon. I got to tell you guys, it was a storybook wedding yesterday. Absolutely magical. Skins and Cammy, if you guys are listening, thank you for inviting me. It was it's truly an honor to share that day with you guys and I just love you so much and just 
had an amazing time being there. And speaking of amazing, Return of the Mac, the Mac Daddy himself is in his place. Of course, I'm talking about none other than DJ Jalapeno. All righty. Thank you for being here. Always, you know, I, I, I'm not streaming live on camera right now, but you longtime Andrea K. Show listeners know I'm always dancing in my chair whenever I hear a good tune, a good proper tune. Okay. Um, speaking of tunes, <laughs> never wanting to miss an opportunity to try to toot his own horn, usually by claiming that, you know, that he has some inside knowledge or some inside, you know, relationship with certain different community groups, whether he's going to buy a Slurpee at the 7-Eleven or whether he's surrounded by black kids at a pool that love to rub his hairy legs. Y'all know I'm talking about Joe Biden, right? Well, Joe Biden decided in the midst of the American people being completely decimated in the city of Florida, parts of Florida in relation to Hurricane Ian, he decided... His first stop to a hurricane-ravaged area was to go to Puerto Rico, which is not a state of the Union. It is, it is United States territory. So he decides to go down there and, and did what he do, right? He did what he do. You know, whether if he's talking to Charlemagne, T-H-A, God, then it's, hey, if you, if, if you don't vote Biden, you ain't black. Today, he was down in Puerto Rico, and this is what... I can't even I can't even talk about this or describe this uh, without giggling. Uh, here's what he had to say. Oh, hang on. Hang on. This is this is what happens when you leave a host to have to play her own audio to have to play her own audio clips. Of course, I'm not even prepared. So let me get prepared here. All right. Let's let's do this. Grabian, the multimedia marketplace. OK, let me start over of our state another week another ak really thinking that she's as good with the tech as the tech team around her so let me get this set up for you guys in a second you know let me shout out to to you jalapeno that you know i i think that i'm as good as you guys i think to myself you all you guys do is press buttons right you don't really do anything special i love the way you're delaying right now by saying these things (laughs) You know, it's not like you're being nice. You're just filling words while you're moving your little buttons around on your laptop. Are you saying I'm not being sincere in my praise of you guys in tech? Is that what you're saying? What I'm saying is if you you had your act together over there, okay, first of all, would you like me to find a 10-year-old to help you with the computer? You know what? I am not ashamed to say that I'm not particularly tech savvy, okay? Look, I'm the front end person. I'm the talker. The rest of you are the rear end people, okay? You're the tech people. That's how I look at it. Here, let me let me now go to the clip. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Here we go. Is minority. And so I uh I uh was sort of raised uh in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. And so we and we came Caribbean, here for a long time. The multimedia marketplace, uh, both for business and pleasure. Since you're part of the Third Circuit Court of Appeals and Delaware is as well, and I was chairman of the Judiciary Committee. I spent a lot of time in the northern part of the state. Caribbean. But look, the multimedia uh, it's marketplace. People like you who uh, who do so much for your community and are going to make such a big difference as Puerto Rico rebuilds. Thank you, Governor, for your partnership as we uh, work together. So what he what he's saying down there, in spite of my 
tech deficiency. And I don't want, don't be at me on, on any of the socials that I am as cognitively challenged when it comes to tech as Joe Biden is when he's giving a statement. Here's what he said. I was sort of raised in the Puerto Rican community at home. <laughs> First of all, I'm not aware that Delaware, that he, that the Delaware he grew up in had that large of a Puerto Rican contingent. Wasn't he just recently talking about how the community he hung out with was the beach area that was largely African American? Isn't that what the corn pop story was all about? That he grew up basically in the black community in Delaware area? I mean, isn't, shouldn't you be completely, I think you should be completely offended if you are a part of the Puerto Rican community. And you've got, you know, this president of the United States coming down there and pandering to you. This is a time in which the only thing he should be coming down there doing is talking about what the United States government. And quite frankly, I'm not really sure what our obligations are. I will admit it. I'm not an expert when it comes to this. But quite frankly, I'm not really sure what our obligations are to a territory when it comes to hurricane relief. Are we not $30 trillion in debt already in this country? Do we not already have, which which means that whenever we have a disaster like this and we've got economically destroyed areas of this country where their taxpayer dollars are taken and given to another party, are we not already suffering enough? We're back up to almost $7 a gallon of gas here. And he's down there pandering to Puerto Rico. And then in the course of it, after he panders to them. And claiming that, you know, I don't I don't know what he was trying to say. Was was he raised by a Puerto Rican maid? Is that what he's talking about? He then goes on and pledges close to a trillion dollars and talks about not just rebuilding um, and offering aid somehow, but basically we're going to completely rebuild Puerto Rico and do it in a way that basically basically makes it impervious to having any kind of hurricane damage going forward. Like the utopia of hurricane um, prevention in the future paid for by U.S. American tax dollars. I think it's time for me to be researching what our obligations are to a U.S. territory, because to me, his promises down there to his brothers and sisters of Puerto Rico was absolutely crazy. So um, that was him today. Now, he's supposed to be going down to Florida on Wednesday. So um, we'll see what he has to say to the uh, residents of Florida, particularly after maybe the reason why he decided to go to Puerto Rico first was because trying to get some distance between himself and what Kamala Harris had to say over the weekend in which um, she went on to say to Priyanka Chopra, by the way, uh, I don't think anybody's ever accused Priyanka Chopra of having a copy of In Swan's Way on her nightstand. I don't know why in the world that woman ever gets, you know, if you've ever seen an interview with her, she's. You know, she's, you know, she she makes AOC look brilliant. So anyway, for some reason, the vice president of, of the United States sits down with her and in the course of the interview proceeds to say that hurricane relief is going to be doled out on the uh, it, in, in a way that's prioritized to people of color. In other words, white people are going to have to go to the back of the bus and the back of the line to get any kind of hurricane relief. Of course, Christina Pushaw, who's uh, Trump's, uh, not Trump, but DeSantis's uh, communications director, had to come out and say, look, this is not true. This is creating panic on the part of the, the citizens of Florida. And, it, and then uh, Kamala Harris refused to answer questions about it at, at a press conference today or somewhere where she was at today. The head of the FEMA director 
someone whose last name, Deanne Criswell, was asked about uh, Harris's suggestion that relief efforts should focus on giving resources based on equity to communities of color. And um, she said that, you know, she she actually tried to cover for Kamala Harris in a way by saying, look, we've known for a while that, you know, responding to our disasters, that there are some people that have had a harder time accessing our programs than others. But basically, our programs are available to all residents that we do not pick and choose which ones um, that are going to have, uh, you know, help. So uh, FEMA tried to try to cover up the huge, enormous gaffe that that and 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 I would suggest before I take a break here and shift gears to the midterms with Brian Maloney, I would suggest that this really wasn't a gaffe. I would suggest that basically what she did was spill the beans. She spoke the truth about what's probably likely their plan going forward. Initial relief is likely because what we're looking here is kind of like a Katrina situation where there's an initial round of relief that happens to the state. Um, and then, but then, but then, relief has to take place over the course of years, depending on the level now of of what we're promising to people on the end on the on the end of a natural disaster. We got Biden going down there promising Puerto Rico that w- the United States of America is just going to completely rebuild their entire nation for them better than ever, you know, uh, make Puerto Rico great again. So these are you know, and now you know, it, 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 I think this might have been a truthful statement based upon the fact that the plan going forward that they haven't completely revealed and she was not supposed to reveal to the people at this point is there's probably going to be programs going forward which which are going to go to uh, people of color and not to whites and i think we can expect that all right gonna take a break we come back brian maloney of red wave america we're 36 days and counting to the midterm elections what can we expect what are the polls saying what are the races to watch are things tightening up or is there going to be a red wave? Brian Maloney will answer that question when we come back. Stay tuned. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170 The Answer, San Diego. You know who's always got the good word? Well, let me rephrase it. He's always got the truthful word about what's happening out there in politics today, and particularly when it comes to races, when it comes to the Republican Party, and what you can re- realistically be looking at as we are a little over a month away from probably, I'm not I'm not sure if they're still the most important midterm elections or if that really was in our rearview mirror and we missed the mark on that, but these are certainly absolutely crucial to the United States of America. So joining me now to talk about that is my dear friend, my buddy, Brian Maloney of Red Wave America. Hello, my dear. Hey there. Okay, so I'm going to put you in the hot seat tonight, my man. Oh, you, ooh, yeah, you in the hot seat. Um, and hopefully you're, gonna, hopefully you're going to do better than Kamala Harris, talking about our great alliance with North Korea, talking about how only yeah. people of color are going to get some hurricane relief, and hopefully better than Joe <laughs> yeah. Biden down in Puerto Rico, talking about how he's a Puerto Rican today. So you, uh, you're yeah, yeah. hopefully going to do better than... He and Corn than- Pop. <laughs> he and Corn Pop. They are both Puerto Ricans. Yeah. How do you it's say Corn crazy. Pop? How do you say Corn Pop in Espanol. I don't know. I, you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, um, there's so much to think about as we go into the midterms. Let's pretend that there's not any election shenanigans about to take place. Let's pretend that our elections are you know, themselves are free and fair, and there's no particular issue there. If you were to just summarize how you th- expect things to go down in November, let's start there. How are you looking? Do you yeah. think we're going to take back the House and the Senate? Well, the first thing I would say, Andrea, is that I'm. it feels like 
the entire country is sleepwalking into this election. It's weird. There's a weird lack of energy out there. Uh, there's a weird lack of enthusiasm on all sides. You know, it, I don't know whether people just assume the elections will be stolen again. So nobody, you know, you're either on the outs or you're on the ins uh, with that result. I don't know where people's heads are. I think maybe you're more worried about what's going on in the world. Maybe the Senate seems irrelevant to you. I don't know where, you know, people are coming from right now. But getting people excited or interested in these races has been strangely difficult considering that there's an incredible opportunity here to, you know, take control away from the left. And, you know, even if it is, you know, pathetic Mitch McConnell at the top or Kevin McCarthy, you know, some of these individual Senate candidates and House candidates are pretty good people. I mean, there are some good candidates out there uh, who, who deserve our time and attention and money and getting anybody to think about it's been hard. I think I think we sh- I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's the best place to start, because if we are in a place of apathy, if in this country, if we're if we're at a place of conservatives and people have just given up, if we're in a, or, or maybe we're in a place of or if we're in a place of where it's just accepting the new normal. The new normal that is thirty yeah. trillion in debt. The new normal that is an open border with 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 just illegals just flooding in, and you know even if just twenty five percent, and we know it's more of those illegals are coming in to do us harm, that are traffickers, drug traffickers, human traffickers, terrorists, etc., are just you just your dime store typical you know criminal in the form of driving and killing people, uh, you know DUI, whatever it is, you know people. It's it's all. I, I think if I had to guess. I think it's a combination of all of that. I think that people are, I think people, um, the Republican voters, conservatives in general, never had to be activists before in our lifetime. We're not, right, condi- right, we're not conditioned right. for it. Um, nope. we, there, there's a weariness and a battle fatigue going on, a battle fatigue that involves um, not just the new normal of what's happening to us, but also a fatigue and that we've got the same crap weasel leadership that right, we've right. had for decades. And as long as Kevin McCarthy is looking at being the next Speaker of the House, and as long as Mitch McConnell is looking at the, being the next um, Senate Majority Leader if we win, I think there's a lot of Republicans that are like, what's the point? And I would well, add one more yeah, thing. Let yeah. me add one more thing yeah. before I forget. And I also am, and y'all don't at me, don't hate me. I'm also not sure if Donald Trump's rallies are helping or hurting. And he might be sucking the energy out of the midterm elections with his, with his weekly rallies now. I, I might think uh, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm not. I think they may be kind of net neutral because to me, it seems like Trump has faded into the background strangely through all of this, which is actually bad for the left because, you know, they want to use Trump as a punching bag. But it actually seems like for whatever reason, Trump is not front and center in this. Uh, in these elections. So for, I, I can't quite explain why that is, but I mean, he's not on the ballot. That's one thing. I mean, he's not in the ballot, but you know, you talk about the same pathetic party leadership. I mean, I, you know, I was just thinking about the other day, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell. I mean, I was, I was trying to get Patty Murray removed from the U.S. Senate in Washington State in the 90s. I, I, I might have even told you about this before 1998. 
we were trying to get rid of her. And we had a really good candidate, a woman named Linda Smith, who was a congresswoman. Uh, and Mitch refused to fund her because he was in charge of the purse strings that year because she was too conservative. You know, it's like, great. Well, I mean, and, and now Patty Murray has been in office for 30 years, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And this woman, Tiffany Smiley, uh, could beat her could beat her. And I'm sure that the GOP isn't giving her much money or much support. In fact, I'm certain of it. But we're also seeing this in other states. I mean, you know, there's weird stuff going on right now. I mean, the weirdest thing, I'm looking at all the polls every day, and I don't know what to believe, what not to believe. Um, They could be way off. I have a feeling a bunch of them are way off. I just can't quite put my finger on where and how. Uh, But some of them seem... Because I think that the voters are completely unpredictable this year. I think you have no idea quite how people are going to vote this year. Because you see a lot of these blue states and the Democrats are up by 30 points or whatever as usual in some of these races. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, really, even with everything that's gone on, these people just turn around and vote Democrat again. I mean, I'm sure about plenty of you do, but I'm not sure about all of them. Uh, You know, you... Yeah, excuse me for interrupting. We're talking to Brian yeah. Maloney of Red Wave America. It's just astounding to me. It could be that there that that it's not really lack of excitement that that you're picking up on. It could be. Let's let's take the uh, Pollyanna, the you know most positive view here position for a moment. It could be that there's it's so bad and so obviously bad what the Democrats are doing that it's just an expectation like conventional wisdom that the Democrats are going to get completely rolled. I mean, MSNBC did a report, MSNBC and did an extensive report. I've actually pulled two clips and I'm, I'm tempted to try to play one, except it would be me click, clicking play here. And I'm not sure <laughs> if I can make it work. But what? The, yeah. uh, let me try to start with it with the shortest one. Uh, it was about Latinos who were voting increasingly um, Republican, yeah. and in one of the clips, they said the issue. They said the Democrats are are are, are wasting time thinking that pushing um, against Republicans for overturning Roe v. Wade was a mistake. That the number one issue for Latinos is the economy. Then they went and interviewed some others who said, "quote We're for God, country, family, and hard work." And oh, let's add safety to that. So, and I'm watching this, Brian Maloney, and I'm thinking, how in the world is it even close in any? Of these races maybe it's not well, and that's that's exactly that's exactly right and i've been looking at polls that have been asking both parties and independents what the most important issues are to them and what shocked me was that abortion only ranked third for democrats third it was mm-hmm. their third most important issue and i'm being told every single day by the pundits and and the talking whatever the chattering whatever you want to call them, um, uh, in, in D.C., that abortion is going to change this race. It's going to change all of the outcomes in November. And if it's only the third most important issue to Democrats, uh, and, you know, for Republicans, it was pretty far down the list, uh, I don't think that is going to be what, what changes yeah. things. I think what changes things is people are losing their retirement uh, to a stock market that other than today has been down, 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 down. I think today might be a one-day wonder mm-hmm. uh, that, that isn't sustainable. There were some technical factors today. So people are losing their shirts. There's also this weird divide right now between West Coast gas prices surging uh, and then in the east where they're they're lower. So, I, you know, that 
And I don't know whether the Democrats uh, in D.C. have even picked up on this because they're not paying attention to this. But surging gas prices at the wrong moment after everything Biden did to release the, the oil reserves that we had. I mean, you know, he just basically decimated our, our strategic oil reserves to try to win an election. And then you've got gas prices in California, you know, back to 6 or $7 a gallon. Yeah, we're almost I mean, seven that, here. That's not, yeah, I mean, that's not, and, and even in not just California, but Oregon, Washington, neighboring states as well, or maybe not, maybe not quite as high, still really, really high. And that could affect, say, races in Oregon and Washington. You've got a governor's race in Oregon that is neck and neck that a Republican can win. It's a three-way race. It's one of the most fascinating races uh, for governor I've seen in a while. So we've got really interesting. The Nevada races are fascinating because I'm seeing polls showing Republicans like Laxalt ahead by three points and the Republican nominee for governor ahead by a point or two. And those kind of shocked me because we've kind of written off Nevada uh, to be in a blue state. Well, and, yeah. you know, that, yeah, that's well, no longer the case. Right. Well, I mean, if you think about it, 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 it should not even be remotely close. The fact that there's even a discussion right. about yeah. how close is it, the question of closeness is a direct result of the Republican Party not doing their job, not wanting a clear victory of a majority, because then they would be expected to step up and actually govern in a way that's conservative. The, what, what did that what those yeah. Latino people say? They said, God, country. And uh, what was the other one? God, uh, God, country, well, safety, family, and hard safety. work. God, it, yeah, you, yeah. You mentioned public safety. Yes. I think at the end too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard work. Yeah, I mean those. And, and also, what is what is the Democrat strategy for winning over Hispanic voters? Calling them Latinx or Latinx or mm-hmm. whatever that term is that only three percent of Hispanics actually use, and they are all on college campuses. So you know this imposition of a label that people who are Hispanic don't even want applied to themselves. Right. So that this this constant. White progressive women basically forcing on other groups of people labels that they don't want. The racism comes from the left. It always has. It's always come from the Democrats. It always will. Uh, but they're very good at playing offense, being bullies, and deflecting the blame. But you've got Republican leaders who I think are throwing the elections. I yes. think Mitch and Kevin are throwing this election. They don't want power. They don't want to be blamed. They like their little cushy yeah. positions they have right now. And they don't want to be in the hot seat. So they're, they're not trying to win. No, absolutely no, not. In not fact, they're trying to win because I can't wake up and find out that John Fetterman became a U.S. senator because that's unacceptable. Well, it's, that's it, un- it, right. And and uh, we uh, they are literally throwing the election, in my opinion. I think they uh, I heard we're going to take a break and Brian Maloney's going to stick around. But I think I heard that uh, Mitch McConnell pulled all money from might have been Blake Masters and put it towards oh, Lee sure. and put it towards Lisa Murkowski in order uh, to try to help her over the line instead of the conservative Republican that she's running against. But yeah, uh, but before we take a break, yeah, 
uh, I, I think the most obvious here, they're bleeding out uh, Latin voters. And what does Nancy Pelosi say in an attempt to, you know, uh, uh, push back on the open border issue? And uh, that dis- that in Florida, what, how did she say? It? She said something along the lines of, hey, in Florida, the farmers down there are saying, why did you send the immigrants up there when they could be here picking our, <laughs> picking our crops? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, talk about talk about uh, her slip showing the old Freudian slip. Yeah, All right, we're going to yeah. take a break. Brian Brian Maloney's going to stick with us, so don't go away. This is the Andrea K Show on AM eleven seventy. The Answer, San Diego. I got to have a laugh with you because this oh, is Oh, you can do whatever you want. You know, I let you get away with whatever you well, want. Well, because, you know, here's the thing. It's like we should be right now, we should be looking 36 days from now and be like, man, we're golden. We're going to take yes. back the House. Oh, we're going to yep. take back the Senate. You know, we're going to start. Fauci's going to, you know, Fauci's going to be dragged. He's going to, the next time Fauci's under questioning, it's going to be by a prosecutor, right? And right, right. we're going to see Christopher Ray and all these people doing perp walks. And it's like, you know, I just... And I just would love to have that enthusiasm for my listeners. I would love to be like so many in conservative media and just talking up the, you know, the future of, and I just can't. Well, I think what we do is focus on individual candidates, individual races. And as you've pointed out, and I have tried to as well, what's going on in your own community? You know, city council races, uh, county supervisor, uh, state legislature, you know, state assembly, whatever. Uh, You know, those races are people paying attention because you can make a lot of difference at that level. School boards, whatever. What's on the ballot this year? You know, it depends on... Where, what town you live in, uh, but but the bottom line here is you can make a difference. There's still time, uh, but it's very interesting to see the Democrat strategy this year nationwide. Because basically, what they're doing is, you know, in a lot of states they made the primary election as close to the general as possible. Uh, then they start sending up the mail uh, the mail ballots weeks ahead, uh, and then the Democrats refuse to do any debates. So basically what they're doing is there's, there's basically no general election campaigning uh, in, uh, opportunity in between the primary and the general. This is what we're seeing in a lot of states right yeah. now. And then the Democrats are refusing to do debates, or if they agree to do a debate, it's at the last second, uh, like you know, three days before Election Day when the mail-in ballots have already been mailed in. Right. So. So they have a lot of schemes and tricks going on this year, uh, and a lot of them. I'm watching Democrats out there who aren't really campaigning on any issues at all. Just I've got a D after my name, and this is a blue state, so you know, do your duty and vote for me, and, and that's really the extent of it. So it, there's a lot of weird stuff going on yeah. out there, but I also think it's a weird year just in terms of you've got huge worldwide events going on that seem to overshadow anything here at home right i think that uh, the republicans i'm gonna i'm gonna attempt to play a clip here i think that uh the republicans you know this is a little bit of what gives gives me hope because i'm seeing i'm seeing like not just the latin community i i I think uh, um 
I think we instead of looking at the Mitch McConnell's and the leadership, I think I think you're right. We need to look locally. We need to look at our fellow citizens to to, to get an impression as to really where America stands, uh, not the legacy media, not leadership of any party. I saw a video case in point. I can't play it tonight. The clip of it because this this African American gentleman in Florida and his buddy who I mean was who was giggling. They were so thrilled to see. I think it was a gas truck pull up to you know empty a bunch of gas at a mm-hmm. gas station. That he was just all using all kind of bad language, talking about how I'm a Democrat, but I am voting for DeSantis. Look at this gas truck that just showed up. Yeah, here. yeah. Oh my gosh! And finally, the lady was like, "You know, sir, please." With the language, there's children. He's like, "I'm so sorry," but he was just beside himself, right? And then there's this, and yeah. then we've got the Latin people saying that what is so important, which should be a message for the Republican Party, we can win this cultural war that's going on. One of the pieces of good news I think we should focus on is that the left. With the encouragement and enabling of the Republican Party leadership has not won the American people over towards CRT, towards no. transgendering children, towards no, all, all. They, they haven't. And when you hear this, uh, this uh, what this Latin uh, Latino voter said, we're for God, country, family and hard work. That still represents the majority of the country. But then we've also got this caller who called into C-SPAN and the host from Vermont and the host. She just looked like she had stepped into something on the way in the studio and couldn't and scrape it off the bottom of her shoe. She was just so dismayed to hear this. I'm going to try to play this for you guys. I am a Democrat, and I'm very disappointed in them ever since they put bad candidates up like Hillary. And now they've got bad candidates like Raphael Varnock or Fetterman. I mean, Fetterman has, has gone as Joe Biden. I've never been so disappointed in my party. He said he would work with the other side, and that's for that gentleman saying that Joe Biden's on top of things. Are you kidding? We can find gas that the White House has to clear up every day. Anytime he talks to the media, I mean, he just said a dead woman was alive and tried to talk to her. I mean, let's be serious. He's not on top of anything. <laughs> that yeah. Democrat caller just he just nailed it. All their crappy candidates that Joe Biden is just nothing but a walking gaff looking to talk to a dead woman that they've had crappy candidates going back to Hillary. We can win this. Well, absolutely. We can win all kinds of races uh, if we just get out of our kind of funk that we've been in uh, and and kind of snap out of this as conservatives, as Republicans, but also as independents. Uh, and I think, you know, even if you're kind of a moderate Democrat or whatever, how can you still support that party and all the wacko stuff that's going on? I mean, you know, I, I've been around the left my entire life. I mean, I went to the most left-wing university I could have. Uh, I thought I knew all of their wackiest stuff. And the last two or three years, they've been shocking me day after day by going 100 times more extreme than I ever thought possible. And I know there are people who are just kind of liberal or somewhat liberal or whatever who are horrified by some of this stuff. They have to be. This is really out there stuff that's going on. But the thing you touched on for a second there, Andrea, that I really thought – was important. You mentioned Florida and DeSantis. Um, I, I think we should talk about this for a second because, mm-hmm. and I'm not always 100% sure about DeSantis in terms of presidential aspirations or whatever. I'm not sold on that yet. However, as governor, through this hurricane, this guy's been on it. This guy has been on it. Uh, and so has his administration. You're not seeing complaints from people in Florida about his, you're seeing it from Democrats who are, you know, 10 states away because they just want to complain about something, but you're not hearing it from there. 
They've been absolutely on it. And the and you had the media today attacking DeSantis. I can't remember what media outlet that was. It was a tweet that went viral today. Uh, to remember well, there was. Well, I've got a clip right here. It might be related to this. There was a, a reporter. One of the ways they're trying to get at Santis is by saying, "Look, Fort Myers and Lee County did not have mandatory evacuations," and so they're trying. And here's the here was an exchange with a reporter today over that from Lee County. Why do you stand behind Lee County's decision to not have that mandatory evacuation until the day before the storm? Well, did you, where was your industry station uh, when the storm hit? Were you guys in Lee County? No, you were in Tampa. So that's, you know, they were following the weather track and um, they had to make decisions based on that. But, you know, 72 hours, they weren't even in the cone. 48 hours, they were on the periphery. Uh, so you got to make the decisions the best you can. I will say, uh, you know, they delivered the message to people. They had shelters open. Uh, you know, everybody had adequate opportunity to at least get to a shelter within the county. Um, but, you know, a lot of the residents did not um, did not want to do that. I think for probably for various reasons, some people just don't want to leave their home, period. They're island people, whatever. But I think part of it was so much attention was paid to Tampa that I think a lot of them probably thought that they wouldn't get the worst of it. So, you know, they um, but they did. And, and I think it's um, it's easy to second guess them. But they were ready for the whole time and um, and, and made that call when when there was justifiable to do so. A couple of things yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, well, your response. And then I'll give you a couple of my uh, things that strike me about Whoa. that. Just, uh, I mean, that is just very well answered and well stated. The storm shifted at the last minute. That happens in hurricanes. We know this. Uh, so, you know, they're trying to throw stuff at him. But now they're saying that uh, DeSantis is addicted to Joe Biden's wallet. No. You know, uh, <laughs> that that was what came out today. People were screaming at the media saying, no, that's. That's our wallet. That's the taxpayer's wallet, not yeah. Joe Biden's. Well, that's such a great point. Yeah, I think Politico tweeted out today uh, about it. yeah Politico. about yeah about DeSantis. Oh, he's addicted to Joe Biden's wallet, and I think it was uh, from the Federalist, Molly Hemingway, who yep. retweeted it and said, "Excuse me, um, that's the people's wallet, by the way." But yep. that just really displays the mindset of the liberals. They, uh, you know, it, uh, they've been basically open with the fact. In fact, I think it was the Attorney General of Michigan. Uh, glasses and a little mustache who said we don't have a problem uh, with uh, income coming into the U.S. government. There's lots of money that we just haven't taken from the citizens. They're, they, they think it's their wallet. They think America, they think right, that your right. property is theirs and that they they're just gracious enough to let you keep it. And let me tell you, going forward, it's not just your income that they think is their property to take. They plan on seizing your home, your car, anything under the guise of equity, Anything that they deem is important for the collective that you don't have a right to own when somebody else doesn't have. That's where we're going with this. One of the things I found that was interesting in this clip is that it's like um, the storm, you know, he catches them in this, that the storm turned at the last minute, right? Well, should everybody not be acknowledging today that you can't predict the weather? That this nonsense right, right. of of that we know exactly what's going to happen to the weather. We know you're not allowed to question climate change. You're not allowed to question, quote, the science. Well, the science said it was going to Tampa. Isn't right, that what right. the science said? So yeah. um, that, I, that I wish that had been a point that he had brought up because they've been trying to hang him on the climate change, too. But look, he handled it brilliantly. And one of the things that he mentioned that was good was that, you know, people made made the decision to stay for a variety of reasons, even when there's mandatory evacuations. And I've been under a mandatory evacuation before with my home. And I didn't appreciate it because I felt like I should have the right to decide when I when Absolutely. I abandon my home. That's my again. Yeah. That's my property. 
Why are we yeah, taking yeah, up any yeah. notion that the government has the right? If I want to stay and endanger my own life, that's my right. Well, and sometimes people stay in their homes anyway, even if it's a mandatory evacuation. You don't know whether somebody's in there or not. Right. So, you know, bottom line is some people are going to stay. But, but DeSantis was going to win that Florida race by three to five points before this hurricane. Now he's going to win it by nine or ten points. I'm telling you, he's got a bump out of this. Yeah. And that's what's making the media mad because it strengthened him. They were hoping to use this as an opportunity to weaken him, and that's not panning out for them. And they're, that's why they're lashing out on Twitter and saying he's addicted to Joe Biden's wallet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And by the way, what has Biden done for Florida since this thing hit? Nothing. No. Nothing. Uh, he's treated it as it's some kind of, you know, rogue territory that, I mean, he, he's not looking at this like, hey, maybe Democrats should start winning back the voters here because we're, we're hurting in Florida now. Instead, it's like, uh, you're a red state, so you can suffer and starve and die and go without water, you know, and, and clothing and housing. And that, that's the attitude of the federal government right now. Well, yeah. And then going forward, I think that Kamala leaked uh, the reality and the truth that going forward, the the relief efforts down there in some of these areas are going to be much like Katrina, where it's going to take years. And I think that going forward uh, down the road, there will be programs involved here uh, that will benefit uh, people of color uh, and will be discriminatory against uh, uh, other citizens in Florida. That's what I predict. Um, Quickly. I'm glad she did that. I'm glad she said that because it was a it was an honest admission yes. that shocked a lot of people. Yes. Um, quickly, I want to talk about Carrie Lake. I saw something that, uh, and, and I couldn't find it in my audio clip file to pull, but she just completely owned a reporter who dared to try to question her on Roe v. Wade and abortion, that she's an extremist when it comes to pro-life. And the way that she flipped that around was the most magnificent way I've ever seen a Republican deal with the pro-life issue. She's like, let me tell you how come i'm just going to paraphrase here she reiterated Mm -hmm. her position she says but why don't you get back to me after you've gone to the uh to katie hobbs or whatever her name is and ask Mm -hmm. her publicly to declare on the record what her position is because i'm here to tell you mine's not the one that's the extremist this is a woman who believes that that a child that survives a late-term abortion should be left to die on a metal table why don't you go and ask her what her position is and you were and i want you then to report back to me that you've done it. I was like, I mean, I got chill bumps right now just recalling it. It was breathtaking mm-hmm. in its strength, yeah. in its power, and its ability to literally move the dial on an issue. And wow, is that yeah. not a, a, a blueprint for how every other Republican and conservative yeah. should should be handling it, it? Not just that issue, but everyone. Put it back on them Have for their backbone. Yeah. And she's ahead in the polls. Have you been seeing the polls? She, it's only by a point or two, but she's pulling ahead. Right. Now, now I don't think the same can be said for, for Masters. Right. Uh, you know, Mark Kelly, I, I, he's kind of Teflon. I mean, he's a far-left extremist, but he somehow maintains this moderate sheen. I don't know how, but... But Kerry is ahead in the polls, which was not the case a month or two ago. And she should so, be dragging masters with what her. Fox, what well, Fox going to do, you know, to stop Kerry Lake? That's what I want to know. Well, right. Uh, um, yeah, they, they're not going to be able to do anything to stop the Kerry Lake, the, the wave across uh, from Kerry Lake. But uh, I think I think I've seen a, some in a lot of interviews with Blake Masters. I've never seen him in a rally, but the interviews I've seen with him, uh, which are frequent on Charlie Kirk's show, 
as well as uh, Bannon's War Room. And, you know, he's just, he just, uh, um, just, you know, he's a bologna sandwich, uh, you know, uh, flavorless, you know. He's just, yeah, I mean, I, I get, you know. So maybe maybe that's not one we can we can win, but we've got other ones that we can win. We've got some weird potential Senate victories. I keep talking about Washington State because I really think that's one. We've got Nevada, but we've also got Colorado, which is a sleeper one that the GOP should have been pulling money into. Uh, this guy, uh, and he's kind of on the moderate side. I think his name's O'Day. Uh, he he is uh, he's not the most conservative guy, but he'd be getting rid of an idiot and. Suit senator like Senator Bennett, uh, and and with you know, so there's Colorado to keep your eye on. Republicans totally missed that boat, but this Republican has been self financing his campaign, and that's how he's gotten this far. So, you know, this idea that some states like Colorado are lost forever is not true. New Hampshire's not lost forever, these places are not lost. Uh, and, you know, the thing, like, you know, I remember when Oz was nominated, and you and I were, were very, very upset about that. And I'm we got, a, excuse, about we got about 30 seconds, my dear, so wrap yeah. us up. But he, he's acting like an adult, at least. He's not yeah. campaigning hard enough, but Fetterman's a lunatic, so I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Fetterman, perfect way to end it. Fetterman's a lunatic, and there's some races out there we can win. Thank you for being here, Brian Maloney. You bet. All right, Red Wave America. You guys can find him on all the socials. All right, we're going to take a skinny, tiny little break. Got to bring you guys some crazy. Crazy out of California news when we come back. Don't go anywhere. If you've been looking for the Freedom to Walk Act, (laughs) then you are going to be so excited to find out on Friday that Gavin Newsom signed Assembly Bill 2147 by Assemblymember Phil Ting from San Francisco that he dubbed the Freedom to Walk Act because apparently this is the big crisis facing the state of California that people get the, the unwarranted, unnecessarily, overly expensive jaywalking uh um citation hmm um look i don't have any problem if you walk out in front of a car as long as if you walk out in front of a car the driver of the car gets reimbursed for the fact that you walked out in front of them and you messed up the front of their automobile because jaywalking is not just supposed to be about protecting the pedestrians but it's also supposed to about stopping some poor person from having the horror of running over another human being who stepped out in front of their car right this is just, this is just, let me tell y'all what this is really all about. This is, this is about just more games with the minds of the American people. It's just another phony attempt to try to implant in the minds of the American people that the police are out there looking around to see who they can harass who's a person of color. And I quote, no longer will law enforcement be able to stop people who are safely crossing the street and burden them with citations and heaps of death debt for too long our jaywalking laws were used as a pretext to stop and harass people especially low-income people and people of color i have never heard this ever complained about before we know what this is about next hour we've got tom debacar who's going to be here to talk about it's another first monday in october scotus is back in session what cases are they willing to hear what are they not i think it's the cases that they're not willing to hear that are really most important and then there's also another uh, law that um (laughs) gavin newsom has signed into effect that has to do uh with rap lyrics rap lyrics uh this is the decriminalizing artistic expression act and we're going to break it down for you guys so don't go anywhere this is the andrea k show on aim 1170 the answer san diego
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.